Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Warren Walker III, and thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. Always excited to have you with me today. Once again, I just appreciate all of you who continue to support this podcast and know that we are absolutely excited to have you engaged. In these conversations, as we as leaders come to this space to grow, to be developed, that the leader inside of us will come to fruition. I believe, and I say it over and over again, as a leader in all of us, just needs to be pushed out. I want to thank you so much for sharing this podcast with so many folks, and I encourage you to do that. If it's a blessing to you, please help us reach a million people by sharing this podcast with as many people as you can. It would really mean the world to us. I want to thank you so much. And also, (laughs) follow me, Joseph Walker 3 on Instagram. And also you can go to my website, josephwalker3.org for more information about this ministry. Just want you to receive all the information and content that we want to make available. Many of you have invited us to come in, to share with your staff, your team, even to mentor you personally. We make ourselves available because I'm so, so passionate about watching leaders and their teams grow. Today, I want to deal with getting people to work together. I call it the great experiment because you have all of these different personalities, all of these different histories colliding together over a singular vision. People have their own understandings, limitations, They bring their own issues, traumas, and it's an incredible (laughs) experiment to get these folks to gather around, rally around, support a singular vision by allowing them to share their thoughts and opinions, but yet encouraging them to steward that vision from ideation to manifestation. Many of you who are listening right now have had so much frustration with your team working together, conflict, A lot of the pettiness, maybe the culture is being interpreted as toxic. I want to kind of give some practical lessons that I believe can help you delineate what's going on, address it, and perhaps provide some solutions so that your team can work better together. Let me say this at the forefront before I give you these principles, that dream work takes teamwork. You can never fulfill a vision singularly. It must always involve people. The vision is for an appointed time. Write it. Make it plain. The people who read it can run with it. So when the vision happens, there's a timing involved, but there's also a team involved. (laughs) So I want you to understand that. So the first thing I want you to understand is you have to get to the source of the conflict. Out of the gate, yes, I'm swinging at it. Because often we see conflict and we just make assumptions that perhaps this person doesn't work well with that person or perhaps, you know, this person has particular issues, but nobody really takes time to get to the source of the conflict. 
What has created that? That people struggle to work together. Could be a variety of things, but you have to be willing to do the heavy lifting to get to the source. You have to ask the right questions. Because often people will defer their issues on others. They will punt in a real sense. And they did not want to deal with things because people are oftentimes intimidated by confronting the deeper sources that create the conflict. Let me just say as a leader, I have learned it's never what it appears to be. It's always something deeper. When I wrote that book, Restored at the Root, I was examining Jesus asked the boy among the cemetery, what is your name? The demon inside the boy said, we are many. <laughs> we are legion. Meaning that there was not one singular demon in the boy or singular issue at the core. That was a multitude of things that created conflict within the life of this boy. Perhaps when you begin to ask the question, you will discover that there are a variety of different things. It could be insecurities, distrust. It can be past pains that are still sensitive to the touch, people being histrionic. It can be a variety of things that create the conflict. And you have to be willing to get to the source so that you can help build a culture that's healthier and understand who you're working with and how to get those folks to work together. I gave some folks on my team the book, Emotional Intelligence, because I wanted them to be able to walk in the room and understand how people were processing certain things, how they were understanding certain relationships and how they were being viewed. So you have to get to the source of the conflict. It's never what it appears on the surface. People are at each other's because of something much deeper. Territorialism, insecurities, past traumas, etc. Some trigger that I'm still sensitive to the touch on. And you have to be mindful that it takes heavy lifting, time to peel away, peel away, and get to the source of the conflict. Now, the second thing that's important, and once you do that, you have to make sure you create a culture of we and not me. What I mean by that is that oftentimes what we see happening in many teams is that people often see in part. I share this with our team all the time. They see in part, but as a leader, you see in whole. So what's important to them is important to them and it's important to you, but you have to factor in other things, how what it's important to them impacts the entire whole. So when you get the team to make decisions or to think about vision and to move and steward things forward, they cannot just think about how it impacts them or what they are passionate about. They must see it as a team effort. How will this impact that particular demographic? How will it impact that particular cultural group? This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1, therefore seeing we have this ministry. Because we have to get beyond the individualism our own entitlement issues of wanting to make certain that everything makes us feel comfortable, us feel good, without realizing that there's more to the manifestation of the vision than our thoughts and our opinions. So creating a culture where everything is done in the we mindset, how will this impact the we and not just the me? Everybody's opinion is valued, not just me. You get it? So this is a critical, critical, critical point because oftentimes we operate in silo and we make decisions solo without realizing how it may impact 
the whole. And number three, listen carefully, is that you really have to come to a place, watch this very carefully now, that you partner around a shared vision. Now, once the vision is clearly delineated, once the vision is clearly delineated, it is very, very important that you get people to partner around that vision. We have a thing that I've implemented in our ministry, one vision, one voice, one victory. Meaning that the vision is clear. There's only one vision here, not many, not multi-visions within the vision. No, that's one singular vision the leader gives. And then everyone is speaking the same thing. It doesn't mean there's not diversity of thought. It doesn't mean that people aren't collaboratively sharing and, you know, really wrestling with it and trying to, you know, really make it, you know, better. But the idea here is, is that it's, we're saying the same thing. And there's one victory. We all win together. So it's incredibly important that you galvanize people around a singular vision and allow them to have buy-in so that they partner with it. People will not partner where they do not have buy-in. They are not, they don't have any equity or stake in it. But when people feel that they have stake in it, that it will impact them, they've got investment in it, then it's easier to get people to partner around a vision. They're, they look at what their, their thoughts and their opinions mean to the organization and they're valued, then they have greater investment and stake in the outcome. If people don't feel valued, they don't feel that you care about what they feel, then they, they pretty much disengage from the actual vision itself. So getting people to partner means you have to make some level of investment in them. And you have to allow them to feel that what they have to say or what they want to create within it and share, as long as it lines up with that vision, that it absolutely is welcome. Number four is you have to develop fellowships outside of the workplace. This is a little bit more challenging because often the relationships for many people are, I have my work folks, but when I leave work, and then I have my personal life, which are my friends. And often the people who are your work friends are not your real life friends. But it's important if you're going to build a healthy team to be very intentional about creating fellowships outside of the workplace with your team. As a leader, what does it hurt one afternoon to take your team to lunch and then give them the rest of the day off and say we're going to all go bowling or all have a team building exercise? We're going to all get to know each other. These are the kinds of things that are necessary because when people feel that they know each other, they work together, fellowship together, it allows the organization to be healthier. It allows people to work better together. You see, what I've discovered, and I'm sure you have too, is that we have people working together who don't know each other. So if I don't know you, I then question your motive. I don't know your heart, so I can't trust your hand. So what happens often, the conflict is a result of erroneous perception of who that person is versus spending time with that person, getting to know their heart, getting to know who they are. Early on, when I started pastoring, I took time to really sit down with people at breakfast and lunch and even dinner. And I wanted to do that because I wanted people to know me. I wanted them to know my heart. Like I want people to know your heart. I want them to really understand who you are. This is so important, right? Because we have to make certain that people know who we are. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is so important. 
Here's the next thing I want to share with you. I want you to understand how to create opportunities for open dialogue. Creating opportunities for open dialogue is so incredibly important, right? You may say, why? Well, you see, man, when you create these opportunities, it absolutely matters. People can be honest, share, and talk. I have seen this. I have seen it. When you create an opportunity for open dialogue, people can feel comfortable sharing their real feelings. People are not masking their feelings in this, but they are truly, 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 they are truly able to share freely their strengths, their joys, their struggles, etc. So I, I'm just, I just believe with all of my heart, I really do, that when you create these opportunities where people can give you real conversation, I mean the real conversation, not the hallway conversation they have after the meeting, but the real conversation that it's safe. And that's the key word. You have to create an environment that's safe for people to be transparent. Because if I create an environment that's safe and people can be transparent and there is no penalty or punishment levied at them or retaliation for their honesty, you have no idea how that will work to your favor in your organization. When you put people in a room and say, listen, tell me the truth. When I go around and I do, I do consultations and I do mentorship with leaders and their teams. And recently I, I was in Houston, Texas, and I was sharing with a team. And the leader of the organization purposely left the room and left the building and left me with his staff. And oh boy, <laughs> I began to hear it all. Because people often are more comfortable talking openly and freely when they don't feel intimidated. So a leader has to be willing to create by any means necessary a climate where people can have open dialogue about their fears, about their expectations, about their perceptions about how things are going. They even be able to share even their constructive criticism and yet their constructive help in terms of what they recommend for the organization. Now. Here's the other thing. Getting people to work together also means you have to show respect for coworkers. It's a big deal, right? Showing respect to coworkers is so incredibly important because what I think is so necessary there is that when you begin to have value for the people that work and realize that these people, you know, are your peers, that these people have feelings, they have families, they have faith, they're dealing with many of the challenges that you're dealing with. You have to respect people. And that really goes down to how I talk to people, how I relate to people. Just because you're a person superior doesn't mean that you treat them in a very negative way. You don't treat them in a way that they're your servant, but that's a way to communicate. So language matters. How we interact with coworkers helps to foster the kind of environment that's conducive to getting things done. When a person feels valued, a person feels respected. Like what I said, I felt respected. I didn't feel beat down as a result of it. Man, you'd be amazed at the quality of work that will come from that individual all because that was a culture and climate of mutual respect. You could ever get to that place. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to like everything about you, but what I must do if I am going to create the right climate 
I must respect you. Let's review what we have learned today before I go to my seventh and final principle. The first is getting to the source of the conflict. Let's go deeper. Let's find out what is creating this. Let's not make assumptions and let's not certainly not conclude based on what we saw, what we're experiencing, that that is the end all be all. No, there is something much deeper. Two, we want to create a culture of we, a collaborative culture, a plural culture, not a singular manifestation of the vision where there's only one person making it happen. No, we're doing this together. We're caring and sharing and praying together. We're pulling this together. The idea here is doing it together. Create a culture where people see the intersectionality of the team and know that it's important that you do your part, not do my part, right? Because if we all do our part, it's an amazing thing that can happen. Man who's lame carried uh, to Jesus through the roof that day and Jesus healed him because he saw the faith of his friends to let him down to the roof. Have you ever considered that he was on a cot and his four friends carried him to Jesus? Watch how they did it. Each person literally held their corner. And as a team, when you can get people to hold their corner, to literally hold up their end of this, we, there won't be any slacking, and we're able to see the manifestation of vision. But then number three, we talked about the importance of partnering around a shared passion. Like really get into a place where the vision is so real and we all partner around it with energy and excitement because we all believe in it. We're stakeholders in this process. Number four, we develop fellowship outside of the workplace because we know the importance of koinonia or fellowship. We understand that people can get to know us better and we can get to know them better, which inevitably leads to number five, creating an opportunity for open dialogue because I can trust you. And I believe this is a safe space. And as I do that, I show respect for my coworkers. Number six, no matter what happens, I still have to respect their opinion, respect their professionalism. I have to respect how long they've been doing what they've been doing. And so I have to bring a level of respect into the workplace. But number seven, ladies and gentlemen, accept constructive criticism and grow together. There it is. You're going to get your team to work together. You can't wear your feelings on your shoulders. You got to be willing to teach people to accept constructive criticism. It doesn't mean that you're a horrible person because someone constructively criticized you. It doesn't mean that you haven't been doing anything because someone constructively criticizes you. That occurs because people want you to win. When people are connected to the vision, the buy-in, they want to see you win. Like, I want to see you win. We want to see you win out there. So listen, I'm going to say it over again. I'm going to say it loud for the people in the back. If you want to get people to work together, you have to be open to constructive criticism. And then you have to be willing to teach people. We are growing together. Well, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I believe all in my heart you can't go with me if you don't grow with me. And for that, thank you for spending a few minutes with us today at Next Level Leader Podcast. What I hope you will do is take a moment out and follow me on Instagram, josephwalker3. If you're already following me, why don't you pause and let me know how this podcast has blessed your life today. 
I want to thank you and I want you to continue to pray for us as we are believing God for amazing things to happen. God is so awesome and we are trusting him. So I want to thank y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you for being connected to this podcast. And I look forward to our next time together. I pray God's blessings be upon you. I pray you continue to push your team in the right direction of working together. Until then, may God bless you. That's my prayer. Peace out. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting.